You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. But it's also been a week to, well, to revel in the history of the game. And Terry Wallace was right at the forefront of that, inducted as one of the six new members of the Hall of Fame on Tuesday night. Terry, we've all had the chance to say congratulations, but again, congratulations. Thanks very much, uh, Jared. It was, uh, yeah, look, it's a brilliant night. That's the first thing I wanted to get across to people. When I was coaching, this was the most pure football night that all the coaches want to go to because you know, if you've been involved in the game as long as you've played and then you've coached, you, know, you clearly love the game of footy and this is the purest night of the lot. So to be there as I was on Tuesday was just memorable. So what does it actually mean to you? You've had a chance to tell great stories and we've, we've remembered your career in the exact way that we should for what that's worth. But what does it mean to you to have that place? I think... A couple of things. Uh, my journey, and we've spoken about it, my journey was one of where I felt all the way through from 13 years of age that I've had to prove myself, prove myself over and over and over again. But as a lot of people do in their general life, I mean, it, life doesn't always go exactly the way that you want and you, you keep getting things put in front of you, uh, hurdles put in front of you, and you need to jump them. And uh, I felt that that was my lot in life and to be able to navigate your way through all of that and then come out and the end result be what it was on, on Tuesday night, uh, that gave me a great sense of pride uh, and a great sense of family pride. But probably the more for me than anything else was the legacy it leaves. So uh, my father's passed on now. He was a massive part of my uh, growing up and my sporting life. Mum's um, uh, in a home at the moment and uh, you know, really can't grasp the concept of, of what it was all about, where she's at at the moment. So it's for my kids, but I think it's more important for their kids, you know, that when they get to the stage when they start to grow up, and we haven't, I haven't got any grandkids yet, but yep. uh, when that, that does occur, I think that legacy that it, that it leaves for you and for your family moving forward when perhaps I'm not around anymore. Uh, I think that, that that's the thing that I sort of took out of it. That reflect, reflection probably didn't come till the next day. Yep. Because you're so overwhelmed on the night. You know, I mean, you do these things, MC, and these, uh, at like a you know, duck the water. But uh, for some of us who don't get that form of opportunity that, that often... Um, yeah, you're so overwhelmed on the evening. It's until you sort of sit back. I went and had lunch with my family the next day, and that's more when you reflect. So you have a a Hall of Fame CV. There's no question about that. And in its totality, you should have been in some time ago. There's probably two parts to the question. One is, do you have a difficult relationship with Hawthorne? I uh, know the, the the game we just spoke about before. Ben Ronk uh, was at the president's dinner. Uh, at Hawthorne on that particular night. So, uh, no, no no problem. Have I had a difficult relationship in the past? Yes. Yeah, there's no doubt that that was the case. I left under unforeseen circumstances. Uh, we had 
a major person. Can you imagine how important Alistair Clarkson is to the Hawthorne Football Club right as we speak at the moment? Alan Jeans was exactly that uh, in a previous uh, you know, lifetime. And so when my relationship was so strained and broken with Alan, you know, who my last conversation prior to us getting back together uh, once I was coaching the Western Bulldogs, uh, but my last conversation as a Hawthorne player with him was, you will never be welcome back at the Hawthorne Football Club again. Uh, you know, that's a three-time premiership player and life member of the club. That's, you know, that's broken. And so um, I took that on board, that I wasn't welcome back to the, uh, to the football club. And you know, the doors weren't very strongly being opened by anyone else along that uh, along that journey. That's past. And, uh, yeah. When did that get rectified? Uh, look, I, I probably on Alan's passing. I mean, I was at Alan's funeral, yep. um, but you know, probably on Alan's passing, just and not directly, but over a period of time after that, I, I think there was a few that sort of said, you know, we need. And through all that time, I, I always went back to the reunions. Uh, so if it was a ten-year premiership reunion, I was always there because I didn't. I did not have one issue with one player at the footy club. Whether anyone had any issues with me is a different story, but uh, certainly from my point of view, I'd never had an issue with any of my teammates ever. It was just really, I mean, Alan, who was the senior coach at the time, and yeah, on reflection, I've said this before as well, on reflection, could have I done something about it? You know, as a brash 26, 27-year-old, probably. If I had gone to see the late Ron Cook, who was the president of the football club at that time, and sat down with him, we had a great relationship, and sat down with him and sort of said uh, how broken this was. He may have been able to mend the bridges, obviously being the boss of both of us, uh, may have been able able to do that, but I couldn't nav- navigate my way through that at, at that stage, really, and uh, so it just become head to head between me and the coach, and I was never going to win that. Uh, I was never going to win that argument. And over the past handful of years, is the two names that were raised in the aftermath of each ceremony were Terry Wallace and Wayne Johnston. Is where were they? So mm. Wayne has waited. I think through off-field issues until he found a, a place in his life where he was probably more settled and there was a greater level of confidence that he was ready for that honour as yours has been more that you were neither championed by Hawthorne nor the Western Bulldogs because you had the split careers. Yeah. Were you ever, um, were you ever, I don't know, um, embarrassed? Did you feel awkward that a career that is worthy of the Hall of Fame as you were the one who has been raised in the aftermath going, where is he? Yes, uh, probably on this very show yeah. a few times as well over the journey. I mean, I've sat in this seat uh, a few times before and and had uh, the people who uh, have been doing this show, like Robbo, uh, very strongly sort of pushed for me in the in the past. And well, it, it, that, I don't know if it's embarrassing, but I wasn't embarrassed for the fact that I wasn't in it. I was more embarrassed that it kept getting brought up, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I had no control over yeah. it. I kept getting asked, why aren't you in it? I said, well, I don't pick it. I don't have anything to do with this whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, uh, to put that to bed was a nice thing. The stories come out on nights and weeks like this, Terry. Something I heard was that you were the first player to go full-time. Can you confirm Well, I, I don't know whether I was the first player to go full-time, but certainly we weren't full-time at that stage. And uh, so what happened was I got to the stage where... Uh, I was doing sales, and that was my sort of background coming through that uh, I'd been a sales rep at a couple of different companies. And I sat there and I went, I think that I can do my football better Mm. 
if I am actually full time at it. Now that cost me a dual wage because clearly we didn't get paid like the players were getting paid previously. What uh, year are we talking? Um, about 1981. Uh, so it got to the stage where I made a decision uh, in 80, around 81, 82. This might sound arrogant, but we, there was a lot of, uh, and I don't mean it to be, but there was a lot of awards back then because you weren't paid that highly. So you had the two Sunday papers that both had awards. You had the age, and they were all sort of monetary awards. You had uh, uh, the Sunday you know, footy shows, yeah. World of Sport had their awards. I actually sat back and sort of said, if I can do this properly and really work it hard, I think I could nearly earn as much out of some of the awards that are available as what I would earn by doing a nine-to-five job. So that, And I'll do it for a couple of years and see whether it, it sort of balances off that I can get my wage in another uh. capacity. And so pretty much I spent my time all the early part of the week full uh, full-time and recreation gym down, down in Malvern, and I had my, uh, what was my mentor at the time, manager you might call him, but there was no managers back in those days. He ran uh, the recreation gym. So I'd go down there and do all my training. Uh, well, early in the week it would be rehab, you know, uh, yeah, swimming, yeah, keeping off the legs, deep water running, all that sort of thing. In the early part of the week, the latter part of the week starting to really work hard uh, yeah, on the treddy, uh, doing extra weight sessions, uh, really putting the, the time and the work into a fitness component that I thought no one else could match because they were all at work. They were mm. all working nine to five. So uh, I, I did that for about five, I'd say five or six years. And I thought that I had a, a distinct advantage on the rest of the group. But it, sometimes it had me a little bit ostracized from a bit of the playing group because where we used to... Like, you, you play on a Saturday. This is how far, how ridiculous it is towards now. You play on a Saturday. You go out Saturday night, have a few drinks. We come down on a Sunday morning and run 10K around the Q Boulevard on the roads after you've played a, a game. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go on my legs. Yeah. And so that wasn't sort of accepted too well. And then we'd uh, go through the mud on a Tuesday night for two and a half hours on a Tuesday night. I'm in rehab mode at this stage. I only want to train sort of a little bit sharp on a Wednesday and then very sharp on the Thursday and then get back into the following week, but do all the work at the gym and make sure that my fitness levels were absolutely elite. But it wasn't sort of accepted. It wasn't accepted too well. And it, it, it seemed like I was cutting corners from a training point of view and seems like I was cutting corners from a work point of view. But I, I think it helped me become the player that I was. Bob, you're big on the symbolism of footy, and the Hall of Fame night would hit right into that, I would imagine. Yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm so jealous of it, Jared. That it is. I've never been, obviously, and it does. So you, you speak to anyone who has been to these nights, and they, they speak of the, the entire night with such reverence. And I was wondering, Plough, if you could, if you could take us into the room the other night, whether was there? I'm sure you had hundreds of conversations of the night and there would have been lots of well wishes and goodwill in the room but was there, is there one conversation that kind of caught you off guard that you weren't expecting that that means a lot to you now that you then that you reflect on it from from your peers uh, two um, one was more fun and and one was just a really nice touching moment uh, I got an opportunity to have a, a good chat with Kevin Murray 
who I just respect so much with his Fitzroy shoes on. He had his um, awesome. maroon and blue Fitzroy shoes on, which was fantastic. But uh, Kevin, Kevin just wears his heart on his sleeve. He's an absolutely fantastic football person. Um, when I come through the system, I thought I was going to be, if I ever was going to make it, I was going to be a Fitzroy player. So Kevin Murray would have been one of the people that I would, you know, was looking up to and, and sort of idolising, thinking you know, that was the journey that I was going to go on. So that was sort of the really nice moment. The one that it was a surprising moment was that uh, at one stage I got this big bear hug from behind. Like just absolutely, I couldn't move. Like my arms were tucked into my side and I literally could not move at all. And I, my initial reaction was, this will be Jason Dunstall because we're in each other's uh, wedding parties. Uh, he's a big man. Just lock me away and I can't move. And I was struggling along and struggling along and people started saying, who is it? Who is it? And, and I couldn't see because I was locked. And then all of a sudden I got a little bit free and it was big John Nichols. Hey. And uh, I, I know John a little bit, yeah. but I don't know I don't know him. Well, I didn't think I knew him for a, bear hug. For a big bear <laughs> hug, but it was a, just a fantastic moment. You know, really, uh, uh, it, it was almost John coming up and sort of saying, welcome to the group. Mm. The universal approval around Kevin Sheedy as well. So we'll revisit this in the crunch. Is that's what the moment of the legend is like. And Robbo's written the piece today in the Herald Sun as this is why Gary Ablett Senior can't be a legend. I think it's a really well argued case that it just wouldn't have the same reaction. So and there's all sorts of different layers to it. And one of the central ones I think is that he's never been. He wasn't there on the night that he was inducted. He's never been subsequently. It clearly doesn't mean anything to him. Uh, the game can't allow him the, the further honour of, of elevating him to a legend when, yeah, as I see Jason Dunstall there every year. I see Wayne Carey there every year. It just doesn't mean anything to Ablett. So just I actually on think that when note, we, Joe, I yeah. think there's something to be said, though, isn't there, for we, we don't necessarily want the same mood in the room. for We don't want a bad reaction or a bad mood in the room, but the, you're not going to get... I think part of it would be that the the different emotions of you know may, maybe making him a legend it could could change a lot of things. That's that's all. I'm playing devil's advocate there. We'll come back to that. Kane, do you ever let the mind wander? Three hundred games, games record holder at the club, four best and fairest, two All Australians in a premiership. Uh, well, I was there when Dad got inducted, and it's almost my favourite night in footy ever. So to to have that with your boys, with my boys, would would be amazing. But there's a big backlog, Jared. I think. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.